What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. I hope everybody is doing well in their quarantine situation currently. And while you're quarantined, if you could do me a favor and hit that subscribe button and write a review, tell me anything whatsoever. You hate my voice, you love my voice, you like the show, you don't like the show, any feedback is much appreciated. And if you could go ahead and give us a rating, that'd be fantastic. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. While we're all quarantined in our house, we need some vitamins, we need some supplements, we need to nourish our bodies. I hope everybody is trying to stay active as much as possible. And as all of us get hit with these C10 do 10, C20 do 20, all these um, nominations going around on social media, you're going to get sore, you need to replenish your body, get some vitamins, especially vitamin C, especially vitamin D need to replenish those. And if you're having some mood issues or feeling down or this quarantine is starting to get the best of you, go over to Onnit, get some new mood. It's got 5-HTP in there. It's a neurotransmitter that's going to help you level out those serotonin levels. And if you're doing all these workouts, get some shroom tech. And if you need a focus and need a you're not used to working at home, get yourself some alpha brain and go to onnit.com slash O-C-Y and save up to 10%. That's on it, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash O-C-Y. My guests today or guests today are Casey Howe and Monisha Vasa. Casey Howe has been on the podcast multiple times. Actually, it's his third time coming back. For those of you who don't know who he is, he is a Dharma and meditation teacher. He's been practicing and teaching meditation for over 30 years. He's done it all, seen it all, learned it all, teaches it all been in Tibetan ashrams and everything in between. So when it comes to really mindfulness practice and meditation, he is a gold standard. And Casey brought his friend, Monisha Vasa. Monisha is a psychiatrist, writer, wellness consultant, a awesome human being. She's a new author. And together they actually have a podcast titled More Happiness, Less Suffering. And it was such a joy to have them on to really talk about how to overcome the mental side of COVID-19 and the mental side of coronavirus, not what the virus does to the brain, but what this quarantine will do to us and some things on how to deal with it. How do we deal with this immense time with significant others and children and, you know, the tempers maybe getting a little short and how do you overcome interactions and potential conflicts that you may have with one another. And then also, how do you start dealing with the mental side of being quarantined, the mental side of being isolated? You'll hear me use an analogy in the podcast that, you know, when you go to jail, you're in with some of the worst of the worst people. I can't think of a worse environment than being in jail. And even in the worst environment, the worst thing that they can do to you is put you in isolation. Whether you think about it or not, this will have an effect on you. And I love the fact that we have both the mind and mindfulness teacher in Casey, and then we have the biological and chemical and like logistical pragmatic side of Monisha. And we get to explore both sides of this pandemic and how we can deal with it now and get in front of it so it doesn't take a toll on our emotions, on our mental side, on our moods. And so we can still thrive in this time and not just survive. So please welcome my amazing guest, Monisha Vasa and Casey Howe. What's up, everybody? Casey Howe, 
one of the favorites of all time, back for, I think you hold the record now. I think wow, it's really? the third time. Very cool. Back by popular demand, and you brought an even better person, more better looking, <laughs> uh, Monisha Vasa, and you gave me a, came with gifts. I always love I when people come with gifts. What'd you, what'd you bring me? Um, I brought you a copy of my book, which is called Salve, Words for the Journey. It's and, a book of poetry. Okay. Is it poetry that you've written or compilation? It's all poetry that I've written that's kind of based around themes of mindfulness and compassion, kind of based on my work with my patients. Cool. So everybody knows who Casey Howe is, but not everyone <laughs> knows who you are. So you want to tell everybody who you are, what's your profession, sure. and all that? Yeah, so I'm Monisha Vasa. I'm a psychiatrist um, here in Newport Beach, California, and also um, facilitate mindfulness with Casey. We work together in a variety of settings and also am a writer. Cool. And just in case somebody doesn't know who you are, Casey, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, um, I'm a nobody. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I teach people how to find out that they're a nobody too. <laughs> And then once we lose our self-identity with this egoic thinking that we're something, we become something better. <laughs> <laughs> so, real profound, real yeah, deep, real quick. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm a, a mindfulness a meditation um, instructor, teacher, um, a senior Dharma teacher for Insight LA um, and beyond. And then, um, yeah, I work uh, alongside with Monisha at the Mental Health Collective. Um, so... Uh, yeah, do uh, mental health work or work in the mental health field. Mm -hmm. But yeah, teaching meditation, mostly with uh, depression, anxiety. Yeah. 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 And for those of you who don't know, Casey was extremely influential or has been very influential in my help mm -hmm. overcoming depression, overcoming some serious uh, issues that I had. So thank you again. And mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many awesome DMs I got and uh, reviews on the podcast when you've been on and some of the thoughts and knowledge that you dropped. So oh, wonderful. I really do appreciate it. So we have had this actually scheduled for quite some time before this crazy time that we're in. Yeah. However, I do think it's kind of a beautiful thing that the universe has kind of put together because I think if there's ever a time for you two to help, now would be the time. And so I was thinking about this literally last night and I was talking, we were having, my wife and I were having dinner and I went, so let's say the three of us go and rob a bank and we have AK-47s. We end up getting thrown in jail for life, whatever. We're in there with rapists, murderers, cheats, the worst of the worst. And even when you're in the worst place with the worst people, the worst thing that they can do to you is put you in isolation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's interesting, I'm not a doom and gloom type of person, mm. but we are in isolation now. And so I'm fearful that if we don't get ahead of this and start talking and um, hopefully you two can shed some light on how to help us through this, I'm afraid that it may take a bigger toll on our mental mm. than maybe a lot of us know. Mm. And I was talking to both of you before we started the podcast is that even this last week, granted, I'm not sure whether it's because I've had huge peaks and valleys of mental health or illness or depression or whatever you want to call it. But the first couple of days I felt good. I was like, oh, what a cool opportunity. I get to do all the things I haven't done before. I get to write, it was on a schedule. And then two days I just was like, oh, let me just enjoy this time. Let me watch a little bit more Netflix. Let mm -hmm. me 
crack open a beer, maybe right at 1201, you know, or whatever it may be. And those two days were really, really bad mentally. A lot of Mm -hmm. negative thoughts, a lot of like, what the hell are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. this, you've asked for this time to kind of do whatever you wanted. You're not taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And so all these things start swirling around. And so I kind of wanted to turn it over to you. So we have a meditation, we have a um, psychiatrist, kind of how can we deal with this isolation or what are some things that we maybe need to think about now before they start becoming issues? Does that Mm -hmm. kind of make sense? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, You're definitely not alone. Um, I mean, we've, we've really only been, you know, kind of in this shelter in place situation for about a week or so, you know, so there's still a, a huge adjustment that's going on. And, you know, for all of us, we're so used to um, our roles and our identities and our social outlets and the the structure of our day and our routines. And to sort of, you know, really kind of bring all of that to a very sudden halt um, and stay inside, you know, much more so than we than we normally would is a huge adjustment on multiple levels, even sure. for somebody who doesn't have a history of depression or anxiety. And um, and certainly for somebody who does, it could take an even greater toll um, because you don't have your normal coping skills and strategies at your disposal. Um, we're also seeing that not everybody has safe indoor spaces, you know, that there might be, that we might start to see an increase in domestic violence and child mm-hmm. abuse, like other types of trauma. Not everybody necessarily has safe outdoor spaces in terms of being able to cope by going for a walk or just, you know, getting outside for a run or a bike ride or something like that. So so it is definitely a very legitimate concern. Um, and I think over time, we're going to see that there is a toll that this situation um, will take on our mental health. Um, in terms of what we can do, yeah, you know, I think that the first step is always um, just sort of that self-awareness piece, you know, kind of keeping your finger on your own pulse. You know, if you are noticing that you are starting to struggle with your mood or with anxiety or uh, fear or loneliness or whatever it may be, um, really then asking yourself the question, what is it that I need? Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that I need right now? And how can I how can I meet that need within the limitations that are currently in place, you know? So we may not be able to go to the gym, but maybe we can go out for a walk, you know? We may not be able to see our friends, but maybe we can connect over FaceTime or over the phone. You know, how can we assess what we're needing and wanting in any given moment, and how can we meet those needs um, given the current restrictions that we have in place? Yeah, and I think that's where... I think you really can come into the conversation is that, you know, having your finger on the pulse Mm -hmm. for me, and we've talked about this in the other episodes that we've done. And if you want to know some more deeper dives into meditation, go back to those episodes that you and I did together. But that's where meditation for me has really come into play. And these last two days, very diligent about my meditation. And because that will help you realize focus on your thoughts Mm -hmm. a little bit. So kind of for someone that maybe doesn't have a meditation practice, Casey, what's your thoughts on starting it now, which I know is kind of a mundane question, but for someone that doesn't know meditation, they may not, not figure that out. And then 
what's just two steps, two easy things that they can do to start it? Because I think once they start the meditation, then I think they can get their finger on the pulse mm-hmm. of their thoughts. And once they get their finger on the pulse of their thoughts, then they can figure out that we can kind of go to the next mm-hmm. steps mm-hmm. of kind of how, how to deal with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think more on, on a foundational basis that uh, there's a term in Buddhism called taking refuge of like, where do you go for refuge? And I think right now we really need to look at that first. And what that means is where do you go for shelter? Like, where do you go when things get tough? Like, just like if there was rain, if it was raining or whatnot, where would you take refuge? And right now we take refuge in everything that is external, everything outside of ourselves. We take refuge mm-hmm. in the radio. We take refuge in people. We take refuge in beer. We take refuge in food. So we have been habituated to take refuge in all of these things that now ha- are being extracted from mm-hmm. us. That we, we don't have the opportunity to take refuge in the same way that we used to. Yeah, And this is like moment to moment like we don't really realize it but we just leapfrog from one of those things to the next like oh i can't wait for this and i can't wait for that and now we don't have that and now we don't have that and so what meditation has been asking us all along and this is the the big draw for meditation is hey you know those things are not reliable they're not sustainable they're impermanent they might not be there watch out mm-hmm. this yeah. is why we say like even grasping mind even the things that are pleasurable and pleasant watch out for those like watch out for that attachment for that because it's not dependable so it's like when we go into meditation and people say well i'm just going to do a positive meditation and say oh that's cool that's a cool little band-aid but remember <laughs> to just release your thoughts yeah. you know because you want to take refuge in in something that's internal yeah. So, so this is the first aspect that we want to look at is that we're going, we're going inward to find a, ple- a, a place that is accessible anytime, anywhere. It's within ourselves. And we're experimenting with, wow, this is going to be a shift. It's going to be a change. You know, this is not easy. Meditation yeah. is not easy. No. Right. And, and if we look at it like this as more of an investigation, more of an, a, a curiosity, like, can I find something within myself that brings me inner contentment, inner peace, and most of all in this time, like a sense of inner safety. Mm-hmm. Like, can I be okay with the uncomfortable? Can I feel okay when things are not okay? When things are not okay, I used to do this, and it would kind of distract me away from it yeah. or give me some sense of stability, some sense of connection you know, with others or whatnot, but now I don't have that. I have to feel a sense of connection within myself right here right now even with this is you know all, all this 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 change and, and whatnot i yeah. have to be okay with change so so coming back home to something like um something something like this this is the one the first thing that we want to look at on why we're doing it because we're going to actually shift where we're taking refuge mm-hmm. we're going to take refuge inside and then the first thing that we have to realize is that we're what are we beyond our thoughts, concepts, and beliefs, because this is the very basis of meditation. Yeah, say, say that one more time, because I think that's about what are we? What are we beyond our thoughts, beliefs, and concepts? Yeah. Yeah? So at the very, very um, foundation of meditation, it's non-grasping mind or non-attachment. So we're asking ourselves, when a thought arises, we're going to liberate or release that thought and come back to something like the breath. So most people are familiar with like breath meditation, right? So we have to be okay though, because 
the, those mental constructs, we really grab onto those and those are our safety net. Like we love thinking like it's going to be okay or this yeah. and that's going to work out. And, you know, we're going to exchange this story for another hopeful story. Right. But what if we, d we release the suffering thoughts, we release the, the hopeful, like we, we, we move away from hope and fear. Mm -hmm. And for a moment we experiment with what am I just as I am beyond hope and fear. The moment we release a thought and move back to the breath, just that, just that simple noticing, that self-awareness, yep. yep. noticing there's a thought, I don't need to follow it, I don't need to believe it, I don't need to enhance it, I'm noticing it, I'm releasing it, and I'm moving back to something else. Then in that moment of release, we become free. Yes. I say, what are you without your most suffering thought? You know, a suffering thought comes, it's a thought. Right. Has no substantiality. It's just a thought arising. Okay. Hello, dear one. Thank you for coming. And then we move back. Yeah. To something, to the it, breath or the body or something. I've been in my own life, but then I've been on this thought process in this space that as soon as you can really truly believe and understand that you are not your thoughts, so many magical things ha happen and magical is a, a dumb word so many um a lot of relief or a lot of weight gets gets lifted off and there was a very juvenile thought process i did during one of my meditations in is i sit there and if you're listening to this podcast you could do this if you think of a red triangle everyone just thought of a red triangle if you think of a tiger with stripes everyone just thought of a tiger with stripes okay now think of a pink square everyone thinks of that you just controlled all of your thoughts and that is no different than when you have these feelings of of uncertainty or you're getting trapped or you're feeling worthlessness or you mm -hmm. don't feel you're good looking or you're dumb or mm -hmm. people aren't going to like the podcast mm -hmm. that never happens to me um, <laughs> you can ch you are not your thoughts those are just a thought and just like you said notice the thought which meditation will help you build that muscle mm -hmm. and then you can release it notice it or use it however you feel mm -hmm. and it's so powerful because once you realize that you you are not your thoughts your thoughts don't control you mm -hmm. and if that if any if you can figure that out or if you do that on a more day by day throughout the day basis i know for me my life has been exponentially better you know what what's interesting kind of i want to go through some steps and then i want to get to possibly one of the most apropos and best podcasts right now that you two do together, which is more happiness, less suffering, which I can't think of a better podcast for right now, but I want to get to that uh, later the, in the hour here. But I want to go through some steps because I think it's very uh, timely. So, you know, it's interesting. I was trying to figure out, so we're quote unquote isolated. We are with our friends or family members or wife, significant other, whatever. But I was like, okay, I first started looking into that jail analogy, mm -hmm. then started to figure out how those criminals in isolation do. Well, that maybe isn't the best sample size of group. Mm -hmm. Then I started reaching who else is in isolation. So actually with NASA, with the astronauts, they're in extreme isolation, way up in the space. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I found out that they actually put on top of their list for them to do to counteract any sort of mental degradation, mental health is to stay connected and the, the managers or whoever the leaders are down here make it so the whole entire day is primarily connecting with people either 
the people on their team down here in Houston or is that, is that what they say? Mm-hmm. We, we have problem you said, or yeah. they make time for their family members where they have to go on there. So mm-hmm. from a psychi- psychiatric standpoint, can you talk about how important that is to stay connected? Mm-hmm. And then I think we kind of all know how to do that in this day and age. So I don't think we need to talk about mm-hmm. Zoom or, or Google Hangouts yeah. or FaceTime, but can you talk about how important that is to yeah. the individual, to the psyche? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, fundamentally, each person is different, you know, you have sort of the entire spectrum from, you know, introversion to extroversion. So some people really derive a lot of their energy from being alone and being solo and um, sort of, you know, maybe to some extent, limiting the amount of social interaction that they have. And then you can go all the way to extroversion, where people derive their energy from social interaction and, you know, groups and friends. And so, everybody kind of falls somewhere along that spectrum. Um, So I think in times like these, it's helpful to know kind of where you are. I mean, I think there are some people who, you know, tend to be more homebody-ish, introverted by nature, and this might be no problem for them. They're perfectly, you know, comfortable being on their own and, and sort of having the as much interaction as they want but for somebody who's an ex- like an extrovert it might be really really challenging you know so again just kind of i think knowing where you tend to derive your energy from and mm-hmm. then um, kind of adjusting those those outlets accordingly um, i also think we have to look at the nature of the outlets like some of us are not used to spending so much time with our significant others or our kids and you know so it's you know it can be challenging in that way you're like oh well i have this social outlet right here my my two kids or my husband or whatever it is but you know if you're not used to spending that type of intense extended amounts of time together some of those what we perceive as social outlets actually might be a source of stress Mm -hmm. you know so um, I think we really just have to kind of um, assess where we tend to derive our energy and where we, who are the people that we we find joy in those types of connections with. Um, I know for myself at night, I tend to get on FaceTime with one or two friends and we talk about really mundane things like what you have for dinner, like do you have your coffee today? Yeah. You know, really simple, simple things, but it's just about um, the opportunity to really connect. And and we are hearing that some people are saying right now they're reaching out to friends and family who they haven't connected with in a long time, you yeah. know, and just checking mm-hmm. in on them and just, um, you know, maybe realizing that, oh, I have been out of touch with this person, you yeah. know, so we're also seeing new opportunities arise for, for connection that, um, you know, we may have previously not prioritized. Yeah, I can tell you. So last night was the first time that I did a, like a hangout, virtual hangout, yeah. and did it with um, two other couples and another buddy. Mm. And we actually, it was my buddy's idea. He actually had a his laptop and his wife's laptop back together. And so one camera is pointed to a whiteboard <laughs> and he had Hangman on there. And so you all went around and played Hangman. Oh, cool. And it literally lifted my spirits. Yes, I could yeah. feel a noticeable difference in yes, my mood yeah. by connecting. But once again, to your point, I am more of an extrovert at yeah. heart. So yeah. I drive energy from being around people. Yes. Um, but that really, really did help. One thing that you touched on, and my friends' names will remain nameless, but I know with the sudden massive influx with the kids, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, it's so, so interesting. I heard, I don't have kids yet. 
but I heard from so many of my friends that, you know, gosh, I just, when you're at work, all you want to do is be home with your kids. All you want to do is be <laughs> home with the kids. And now I call them. It looks like a cartoon character, <laughs> their bloodshot eyes and their, their hair's all a mess and everything. So how do you deal with that big influx of unpredicted amount of time together? Yeah. And the same thing goes with, with significant others yes. in the next step. I want to go into like conflict resolution. Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot of us may be going into that mm-hmm. or maybe I already had that. Yeah. Not, not me and definitely not two days ago. <laughs> it definitely wasn't me. Yeah. So how, first, how do you deal with the influx or what are some things that you can do from a mental health standpoint, biological standpoint, or what yeah. whatnot with that influx of time? Time. Yeah, I mean, I can speak to the issue with, with kids and, you know, I maybe you can speak to the significant other piece or I can too, <laughs> you know, but... Um, Yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes, you know, some of the things that we wish for the most, you know, when they actually come to fruition, all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't have wished for this so hard. Um, You know, I think right now what I'm talking to a lot of my patients and friends about, it's like, I think we just have to have a really healthy dose of compassion for ourselves and others. I mean, the word I use often is grace, you know, it's like we're all in really sort of unprecedented times, you know, extenuating circumstances, a lot of people are feeling stressed and it's going to be difficult in those in those situations to kind of always bring our best selves to one another, mm-hmm. you know. And so I certainly have noticed, you know, my fuse has been shorter. I'm yeah. losing my temper a little bit more than I would like to or, you know, just you know, not able to to kind of engage from a place of like being really fun and, you know, yeah. positive and playful with my kids. And and so I think just recognizing like even they're, you know, acting up more than normal, it's like they're also totally out of their routine, you sure. know. So I think it's just giving all of ourselves sort of a wider bandwidth right now or margin to say, you know, we're all just doing the best that we can. Um, yeah. And, you know, I... I often say with kids in particular, like it's okay to apologize to them. Like if we've lost our temper, if we have, you know, behaved in a way that we didn't feel was the best, you know, it's okay to say, I'm out of sorts, you're out of sorts. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to snap at you or I didn't mean to do X, Y, or Z. And um, I'll, you know, try, I'll try harder, you know, but I think it shows our kids that we're all, you know, that it's okay for us to not be perfect all the time. And, um, and we, we can just, all we can do is try our best. Yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And that the hypervigilance is, I think it's really important right now. Like you mentioned, you know, just about checking in and finding that compassion mm-hmm. for yourself. I think it comes, uh, that comes after we, we check in and realize with some vigilance, some, some mindfulness and self-awareness that I'm already a bit agitated. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and just that recognition of that, like this is just you know maybe not normal. I'm waking up, and you know maybe I woke up at at a three on the stress level, but now we're waking up more. Just like as a consciousness, we're waking up at a six, yeah. you know, because we're reading the news and this and that, a seven or an eight, right. and, and nothing's even happened yet. So we're running with this baseline of like the entire society you know, for, for the most part, sure. it's just, it's up a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so we have to be aware of that. And, and this is why like meditation and things like this are so important because it's about letting go of that small self. Like I started, you know, I was mm-hmm. like joking in the beginning, like right. what do you do like non-self, but it's like, if we do feel like we're just this small container, this little egoic, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm Josh, you know, and I'm five foot, whatever, six foot this, and I'm male and I'm this job and this, whatever. And, 
I'm six two, made out of steel. By the way, there you go. <laughs> see, and so, um, so, but six foot two is not that big. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, young sir? Um, not in when we're talking about you know how many you know millions of thoughts we have and emotions and what we're trying to hold emotionally, and we're we're holding not only what's real, but we're holding catastrophizing mind. Yeah, and and this is like futuring, and we're holding all of that. And so we have to find some way to increase this capacity. And when we're in meditation, we get to let go of like this self and others and the subject object. And we move more into realms of, of more vastness. You know, mm -hmm. our awareness is, we can't find the end of our consciousness, our awareness. We can't find the end to unconditional love. So when we, when we move into the stream of, of compassion, when we move into the stream of loving kindness, when we move into awareness, we begin to be like sky-like mind. It just goes on and on. Yeah. So we feel our capacity. So, so we're, we're able to hold, you know, infinite amount of stuff, you know. But when we come back to this, this dissonance of, of me and something else, you know, like my, I'm here and you're in my way. Right. Like I, I have a small kitchen. It's a it's a one person kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we're cooking, it's like I'll cook, <laughs> yeah. you know, for my partner. I'm just like, oh, I got it, you know, yeah. and that's it. You know, so but if we could if we can move into a place a few times a day where we allow allow ourselves to release into greater capacity, mm -hmm. then when we move and actually meet something that is difficult and in these close quarters, then we're not meeting it being totally filled up yeah. to, to the top. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of what I'm hearing from both of you or what I'm concluding is, first of all, if you haven't had a conflict, especially with a significant other with, mm. with your kids, prepare yourself. It may, it may <laughs> come. But I think centering yourself on a daily ba basis, I think I can't express this enough that meditation is so crucial. And I think if we just give it some time and work through it I think it will help immensely mm -hmm. but knowing having your finger on your pulse because that will let you know hey am I at a two is my mm -hmm. fuse just about to go up go mm -hmm. out and if you know that have the the guts to tell let's just talk about significant others have the guts to tell your significant other hey I'm like really really irritated right yeah. right now but then going back to what you said with um apologizing to the kids is that if something does happen address it immediately mm -hmm because that energy will sit and, and fester. And I think if you know where you're at internally and you can express that, mm -hmm. and especially if you, feel, if you feel good, if you feel happy, you know, one of the things today, I don't know what it is, but I'm so excited to, not that I haven't been, but I'm so excited to live with my wife because mm -hmm. for some reason she just decided to dance all goofy today. <laughs> she come out and she's been wearing the same no vibe shirt for the last three days, but she's dancing all goofy. It makes me, it makes me happier. Yeah. So obviously she woke up this morning at nine or 10 or, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think if you know where you're at, if you have a conflict, say you're sorry or apologize or fix it immediately, and then just try to be at your best self. I mm -hmm. think that will really, really help mm -hmm. the potential conflict or if you have conflict, because I just can't, I can only imagine, I can't imagine that I'm the only person that had a tiff a couple of days ago or mm -hmm. oh, yeah. you know, pull your yeah. hair out or what hair I was going to say out. like, on on that note, <clears throat> forgive yourself, like as Good. soon as you can. Good one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Forgive yourself, comp self compassion. Like give yourself a lot of space. Yeah. You know, just say, hey, we're gonna make mistakes here. Yeah. You know, this is obviously you know unprecedented 
yeah. um, era or what you know what's happening. So, so give yourself a, lo- a lot of room too, and mm-hmm. not like obviously yeah <laughs> too much room but yeah. right yeah but it's yeah. like hey this is this is uh hey we're not we're not perfect right. and so yeah. forgive yourself say sorry move on yep mm-hmm. and then together. not to make this a relationship podcast but then after you apologize and you forgive yourself the person receiving the apology make sure to let them know immediately like when you're done with it mm. like hey i totally get it it's odd time we're confined I'm totally cool with it. High five, kiss, mm. do whatever else in the uh, bedroom. Doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Move on with your day. Yeah, or just night. acknowledge it. Acknowledge yeah. it and get over it. Because that helps the person who quote unquote made the mistake feel yeah. a lot better. Like, okay, you're, you're over it too. So it's really, really good. I so just on, go ahead. No, yeah. just on that note, no, please. We, we talk sometimes about how much we can feel each other's energy in this time. Yes. You know, sometimes it's not even about the overt arguments or you know the explicit conflict but even just sensing like the tension of whoever is in your space or your own tension that you're putting out that energy it's like I I do think we're all really affected right now by the energy of the people we're with you know because we're spending so much time together Um, but I think when as you were saying it's like when we can sort of recognize like hey I'm in a place of like pretty good energy right now I'm feeling all right, but my partner might not be feeling so good. I can take on a little bit more. Like I can say like, hey, how can I help you? Like, what can I do to help in this situation? And if I'm feeling like, no, I'm kind of at a two or a three, but my significant other is feeling pretty good, it's okay to ask for help. Like it's Mm. okay to say, I'm not in a great place. Like, could you help with the dishes? Like, could you take over the, the kids for a little while? Whatever it may be. So, and I think we're actually trying to do that in all of our social circles like when you're feeling right now in a place where you feel you have something to offer then offer that kindness or compassion to others and if you need help you know it's okay to be the one then to ask for it yeah yeah i think a lot of people myself included it's taken me 37 years to finally figure this out is that asking for help is such a gift to the other person yeah because if my wife or my friends asked me for help, there isn't a thing on this planet I would not do for them. Yeah. I would. I have no problems. If one of my friends said, hey, I'm having a trouble, I'd be over there in a minute. Right mm-hmm. now, during the pandemic, doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. They are my friends. They are my family. And I'm so lucky that I could help them. Mm-hmm. And I think too often when we're the person asking for help, we think that we're putting them out mm-hmm. or we're, we're disrupting their lives. And oftentimes if it's your spirit of influence if you're if it's your inner circle they would they would take a bullet for you yeah. they would gladly step in front mm-hmm. of a car for you train for mm-hmm. you and you're giving them a gift mm-hmm. to do that can't take advantage of it yeah but you're giving them a gift to to do that so it's mm-hmm. okay to ask for help and that's yeah. been a real big learning for me mm-hmm. is be able to ask for help and not feel bad about yeah. it so it's yeah. real different yeah. yeah it goes back to like <clears throat> this this self-love and self-compassion yes. because just like you were just saying, like I would do this for my friends in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. but there's some thing within ourselves. But oh, but I wouldn't ask this for myself. Yeah. But if we, if we have that that love for ourselves, like we would another, we would definitely ask for help. Yep. You know. So if we cultivate that, we cultivate that more and more, and saying, yeah, anything that I would want for my significant other, for my friends, you know, I definitely want that for myself. It's only. It's only natural. They want it for me. Like yeah. They would do this for me. You know, so the more that we could practice this in small ways, the more that becomes natural. 
Yep. Uh, and then it's healthy, like you like said, it's healthy for everybody. Like, yeah. why didn't you ask for help? I would love to, to help, yeah. you know, yeah. to help in this way. But then we just think, oh, it's being whatever. It's selfish. It's just interesting how we treat ourselves compared to what we would naturally do yep. for somebody else. That would be like so easy. Yeah, it's so so interesting. I put a uh, social media post out a long time ago, and I just could never ever for I can't ever forget it. But if I ask the average individual, maybe you folks here, the Miguel camera guys behind there, name all of the people that you love. How long would it take you before you named yourself? Mm-hmm. Most of us a very long time, if ever. But through meditation, through looking inward. I think your name will come up further on that list the more times you do it because mm-hmm. you'll, you'll realize your true self and you'll be very open and honest with yourself about who you are. And especially once you start to chip away at that ego and start to chip away mm-hmm. at that, those things and start to go deeper, like, like you said, mm-hmm. void of all those things, you start to have that self-love. So one other thing that I think is going on, or at least that I'm feeling in, you know, most people know about kind of the, the human things that we need in our life to kind of feel good. And we need a little little bit of certainty and we need a little bit of uncertainty. Well, right now, I think we have a lot of uncertainty in our current state. How do we get that certainty back? What are some ways to do that? Because I think if we get some more certainty in our life, I think we'll be able to feel a little bit more in control because mm-hmm. I feel, I think that there's a lot of people that feel out of control because mm-hmm. it is out of their control. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot that's out of our control right now, yeah. but there's always a lot that's out of our control. We're just not always in direct contact with that awareness. You know, um, we, we think things are under our control, but in reality, you know, most things aren't. Um, I, I think to respond to your question, I mean, I think that we have to come back to whatever we know is real, you know, and I think that really the only thing that we can reliably have any type of certainty with is whatever is happening right now in the present moment you know it's like I could have all these not to be morbid I could have all these fears and anxieties about the pandemic and I could go outside and get hit by a car like we really just don't know you know Um, and so what I do know is that right now I'm here with the both of you and we're having a conversation and we're talking and in this moment right now you know, this is what's real and this is what I can hold on to and I can be present for this experience, you know, and yeah. and when I move on from this, I'll be present for the next experience. But, you know, I think, I think the reality is that there is always so much uncertainty. It's just that now we're really, really aware of it in a way that maybe we previously weren't aware. Yeah. yeah. But I would say keep things confined to what's real yeah yeah Yeah. stay in the present for sure yeah yeah trying to we're trying to find you know certainty in in uncertainty all the time you know and and uh, that's it i just reiterate yeah what dr boss has said it's this uh we're just not used to paying attention to the impermanence of things and that's again meditation practice is we watch impermanence especially if our meditation object is on something that is real. It's like, in other words, it's not a, something that you visualize or a mantra or something, which yeah. those are great for concentration. But when we take something like the breath, we see that the breath is impermanent. If we take the body, the body sensations are impermanent. We take thoughts, emotions, we see they're all impermanent. Yeah. They're, they're all impermanent. So we get accustomed to, again, not relying on that and, and being okay with walking with impermanence. 
See, there's, there's only dissonance if we have dissonance to reality. If we're saying, oh, things are out of my control. Well, the only thing problem with that is if you want them in control. If if you don't have a problem with that, then there's, right. there's, there's no problem, yeah. right? And Good and point. again, too, if we're connected with a piece of ourselves that we think, like, what, where is this 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 I that wants to be in control. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of look in and seeing what we're fabricating, mm -hmm. like this egoic fabrication of like, there's a, there's a me and it looks like this and it needs to be fed. It needs to be this and that. And it has things that it owns and me and mine, we need to be fed and everyone else is like second to yeah. the me and the mine. And it's all fear-based. Like when we start thinking in this way, then there's a lot of contraction around a lot of a lot of uh, fear around that right and then when we move into these places of look at i'm okay with how it is just as it is like this is just a moment arising there's nothing wrong with this moment arising unless again we're trying to strive for a different type of moment yeah yeah or for futuring <clears throat> you know so yeah. so it's just all coming in line with it i don't think that we should personally fabricate another sense of control it's just false you know it's a false sense of control why don't we just say feeling out of control is like this mm. and just just experience the answer feeling out of control is like this yeah you know things that might things might not things are not how they usually are it's like this <laughs> that feeling right. of that it's like you know traffic i i heard a neighbor say and this is a very real thing you know traffic was so light on the 405 it gave her anxiety <laughs> you know we're usually it's the opposite right. you know it's like traffic gives us anxiety but then yeah. she was like wow this is so weird because there's supposed to be traffic that it gave her anxiety and so you know but it's that relationship to it you know it's this relationship to like there's no traffic one hand, we could say everyone's being compassionate, practicing, you know, social distancing. And yeah. that's fantastic that I don't see a lot of people on the road. You know, that's one way to look at it. But but change is constant. Yeah. And so just walking in line with it. For sure. Take a right turn. And I want to go into the pockets. And I also want to go into some of the things that both of you are doing that I think are really, really cool to help people in this current state. So. Um, we'll kind of get to that, and we might have this question may have already been answered uh, through our talks just just now. But if you had to give one advice from both of your expertise to people right now, I know that's a big open question, mm -hmm. and like I said, it's okay if you say, you know, we already talked about it. But what would you give it advice from from a meditation or mind, mindfulness space, and then from your profession? I was hoping you'd go first. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I, I know it's first. an open <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah, go for go it. Go for it. Oh, just, yeah, compassion, 100%. Compassion. Very easy. Yep. Compassion. Compassion, by definition, is wanting self or others to be free from suffering. You know, if we take if we take love, it's like compassion is a flavor of love, love wanting self or others to be happy. Mm -hmm. But when, when that energy, that energy of love meets suffering, you know, we could feel the flavor change, yep. right? So we have that, that, that sense of um, not wanting others to suffer when you see a loved one suffering. That, that energy is infinite. There's a term called compassion fatigue, which is a little bit false. Like mm -hmm. compassion is infinite. We have expectation fatigue, you know, like, oh, I want you to get better. We have attachment fatigue. <laughs> right. But the actual energy of compassion, even physiologically, and maybe Dr. Vasek could speak more on this, but it's a very safe place chemically to live in the body. In other words, like fear releases mm -hmm. these fear, you know, 
hormones and right. whatnot. But but compassion is very calming, is very expansive. You know, it's it's not fear based. It's service based. It's how could I help? There's a huge difference between like I'm going to go buy everything at the store and take care of myself compared yeah. to the energy of. I hope I have resources at the end so I could help everybody. Mm, two different thought yeah, processes. Totally two different energies. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, like, and again, if we're sitting in that energy of like, you know, Dr. Pasta talking about the energy and the people in, in your home, this, the most important energy is your own energy inside yourself. Like, how are you meeting what's happening? If you're meeting with the expansiveness of compassion, are you meeting it with the contraction of fear? Right? Yeah. Feeling that sense of safety of compassion there's just there's just nothing like it. Yeah. I'm just meeting it like that. And I don't know if we can get into practice of it, but just short time, many times, you know, just a- allow this compassion to arise. And you can have a simple phrase. I, d- I like to do a simple phrase for myself and others. Like, if I'm feeling, if I'm suffering, may I be free from suffering. Mm-hmm. Very simple. May others be free from suffering. Yeah. Just that yeah. energy is so different than uh, I want this to go away. So that's the opposite aversion of like I don't like this go away yeah you know then then we're having a lot of dissonance you know with reality mm-hmm. but the energy of wishing myself to be free from it you know that's that's very kind a child who's sick you're not you know you can't take away the sickness yeah but you could definitely be there for them comfort them nurture right. them and, and we all know how soothing that is when someone's there for us yeah for sure yeah I think when you take a combination of like neurolinguistics and then that meditation together mm. because you can meditate but if you say like just breathe 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 okay uh, just this will go away this will go away this will go away mm. it's like way different like I, even doing that i couldn't i was like mm. my words were making me do a more of a erratic motion mm. yeah you know but if those the just the way that you said it i i always loved the verbiage and the, the lexicon that you have but mm-hmm. may may i be free from suffering it's even when i say that even when you say it that way it almost invokes that like mm-hmm. calming nervous system it helps you helps your heart and your breath kind of beat in the same direction mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time which is so so powerful yeah uh, what advice like i said i know that's a big oh, open yeah. question no, but it, it is a big question because i think what's right for each person is going to be so different but you know, I think just um, really allowing ourselves to adjust to the current state of how things are. You know, I think I, I notice even within myself, there's a lot of resistance to how things are. As, as you've said, like, I want them to be different. You know, yeah. I don't want everything to change. I don't want people to be sick. I don't want people to suffer. Um, but I think once we once we allow things to be as they are, then we can we can meet it with that compassion you know we can sort of give ourselves that wider bandwidth and those around us a wider bandwidth we can adjust our routines as they need to be adjusted we can take wise action in the ways that we need to or want to but i think as long as we stay in this place of like resisting the reality of how things are right now we can't get into those places mm-hmm. you know so it's almost like this this quality of surrender to the situation as it is um and that that's personally been a hard one for me but i think you know sometimes casey will use the phrase if we can move towards you know if we can move towards that quality of surrender to how things are then we can start to adjust and accommodate and 
you know, find that compassion and all of those things. Um, but it, it almost requires us moving into this space of resistance to, to surrender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, use, <clears throat> excuse me, total different mm. thought process. Do you subscribe to, um, was it polyvagal theory? Um, Stephen progress about the vagus nerve and how it affects the, the three different nervous systems or I mean, so the vagus nerve is kind of part of how we sort of connect to our parasympathetic nervous system and our body's ability to kind of relax, yeah, relax, you know, kind of the opposite of the fight or flight response. Um, So I don't know the specifics of of his particular theory, but we do know that the vagus nerve has a role in in sort of activating that, that response. Yeah, I guess from my rudimentary brain i guess is what it what he was kind of saying in layman's terms is that kind of your um social environment and kind of your anxiety can kind of affect those other two nervous Mm -hmm. systems and kind of either put you in a where people may be now which is in that that fight or flight Mm -hmm. so but when you're in that fight or flight you are not able to on a biological level to have the most sound logical thoughts Mm -hmm. and and work through that and then same thing when you're calm and digestive system Mm -hmm. that nervous system that parasympathetic nervous system you're not able to fight or protect you Mm -hmm. know all those types of stuff so when people are in this like fight or flight like nervous Mm -hmm. uncertainty all these types of things and they're Mm -hmm. not looking within taking a breath doing all these things you're not Mm -hmm. making true logical there's a possibility you're not making the best logical decisions and so it's so crucial to I think to not make decisions on big life things right now mm-hmm. unless you have a meditation practice unless mm-hmm. you are very looking inward and you're very pragmatic mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that and you are centering because I would feel that if you're in that fight or flight or that kind of uncertainty or like what the hell is happening or yeah. all these people or this is doubling or whatever mm-hmm. you're not going to make the best decisions for mm-hmm. yourself and the best decisions for your family yeah. Um, yeah. so you guys launched a podcast mm-hmm. it's titled more happiness less suffering bingo <laughs> what an amazing uh topic especially for right now so you guys are a few episodes in just launched talk to us about it and what's kind of the mission is it just you two you have guests on or how often do you guys launch all that stuff um well, I guess I'll start. I mean, the, the the whole idea for the concept kind of came about, you know, I'm a psychiatrist, Casey's a mindfulness and meditation expert. And, you know, we would kind of have these conversations about just things that we all struggle with, you know, like how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with pain, how to deal with stress, like how to deal with, you know, relationships, just all the things that we're all just dealing with as human beings. And I think we found that you know, we would have some interesting conversations about how I might approach it from a mental health or psychiatry standpoint, and he might approach it from more of a Buddhist standpoint or a meditation and mindfulness standpoint. And I think we thought, you know, these might be conversations that maybe others might be interested in, in hearing or sort of looking at how can we bring these two worlds together in a way that might um, hopefully support people in finding some relief from the things that they're struggling with. And so that was kind of how the idea came about. Um, And so, yeah, we have a few episodes recorded. Um, We often try to kind of do it like almost like an advice column of sorts. Like if somebody has a particular question or problem, um, we can kind of come to it from our different angles. Um, And 
we normally uh, start with a like a poem. Um, you, sometimes it might be one of our poems or it might be somebody else's poem. Um, and then we'll have a, a conversation and, and then end with a meditation. Um, and so that's kind of how they're structured, essentially. Yeah. Um, we haven't had any guests yet, <clears throat> but we are looking to in the in the future we're just sort of trying to i think get our bearings yeah. first yeah. and and figure out our our rhythm and then you know um work on bringing other people into the conversation but yeah i could tell you because we talked before you guys even launched mm -hmm. and from my standpoint and i'm not throwing sunshine at you in any way shape or form i straddle that line i think a lot of people do mm -hmm. of almost like binary logical pragmatic mm. and then emotional feelings and that to have both of you on that both sides mm -hmm. talking about it from that angle i think mm -hmm. it's so beneficial mm -hmm. it is so crucial because they're so intertwined and i don't i don't think i think a lot of people they're on one side or the other either they go oh that meditation stuff that's a little woo woo i don't really mm -hmm. care about buddha or they go hey <laughs> would you have a heart you know yeah. and stop talking about about the the parasitic or the yeah, vagus nerve yeah. or whatever <laughs> and to have you both on there i think mm -hmm. it's really really crucial mm -hmm. and i know f for me that works out perfect mm -hmm. because like i said they're very intertwined you can talk about the meditation standpoint and then you can say oh this is actually the chemical that's being released mm -hmm. this is physically what's happening mm -hmm. in your body when you do that and to have them both weaved in together i think it's super super cool so i think it's going to really really take off and on that topic you two are doing something on a daily basis or what are you guys doing on social media i just mm -hmm. caught a quick glimpse of it this morning before i jump on a conference call but mm -hmm. so what are you guys doing kind of to help some people out now yeah so for for right now it's kind of we don't know how much longer it's gonna be but sure. for, for right now at 8 15 um in the morning on pacific time yeah pacific time thank you um 8 15 in the morning pacific time we're going live on instagram and it's either through one of our joint accounts right now so at Casey Howe, we're at Monisha Vasa. Okay. Um, but soon it actually is going to be via the MHLS podcast Instagram account. Cool. Yeah, there's just we just launched that Instagram, so there's like 50 people on there right now. Sure. So we're just running it through our our uh, personal accounts. Okay. Um, but it's great. And, um, you know, I was thinking, like, when you asked that question, what is it like? It's just like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like I love, you know, listening to Monisha chat. And, and we have different perspectives and different, you know, how we look at things is, yeah. is different. So I love that. And and on Instagram, it's just wonderful because people could ask questions, you know. So as we're, we're talking and people could ask questions, and, and like she said, a lot of our um, more happiness, less suffering topics revolve around real-life questions that uh, people that we know um, have given us or people send in. Can you whatnot. give me an example of a question? That you... Oh man, we've had some funny ones. Uh, Can you think of some or funny some ones? topics yeah. that you guys have done? I think one of the ones that stands out in my mind. Um, somebody was talking about. Um, I can't remember exactly what the context was, but they were talking about like becoming comfortable with aging. Yes, and she, I think mm. the nature of her question was something about like how to adjust to how her face is changing over time, and like how to get comfortable yeah. with yeah. that, and so. We, we had a whole conversation. But how did she say it? She says, well, my, my face my is... My face is trying to exit my face. <laughs> <laughs> how do I deal with this when my face is trying to exit my face? That's a good line. It sounds like you a know, co comedy yeah, line. That is yeah. so yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But that's feels. a great topic. Yeah. It's like, True. you know, how do we deal with aging? Like, yeah. how do we deal with... Especially, we live in Southern California here, mm -hmm. but I think it's everywhere. But, yeah. but you know, I mean, we see what's happening with, with people and what they, what they do to try to keep up with yeah. this 
this friction of change. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's this friction of change and, mm. and, um, and so there's that accepting process and whatnot. But one thing I do want to reiterate, because I think it's, it's really important that we sure. do so when we're talking about accepting what is, and I never want to like not say this. Yeah. When we're talking about accepting what is, we have to be very careful there that we're not moving into nihilism. So this is not like carelessness, like, oh, mm-hmm. we're accepting what is with this virus or whatnot. Accepting what is does not mean non-action. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean Good like non-compassion Good point. right so this is like that wisdom and compassion wing wisdom says things are impermanent they're shifting and changing and i can't control everything and we're interdependent and i don't know what's going to happen yeah. that's wise because it's real compassion rules like relative reality says and i'm going to try to help out anyway right i'm still going to act i'm still going to care i'm still going to be of service i'm still going to take care of myself i'm still going to go buy you know goods and support my family and support my neighbors and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to know that even if I try and try and try, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work out. So we're not moving into nihilism Mm -hmm. when we talk about those, when we talk about accepting what is, but when we accept what is, it does pull us out of that fight, flight or freeze. Like you said, like we're more awake and aware and we're saying, okay, this is what, this is what is. And coming back to the moment, Mm -hmm. I know I'm all that's really happening is I'm sitting, breathing, being, and now I could act more effectively, more yeah. efficiently. I can move into right action, right, right effort, instead of just fear-based effort, which, right. like you were mentioning, is not very efficient. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, really, that's a really, really good point. I think that's something that sometimes gets lost with meditation and kind of being okay with yourself. Yeah. It's, it's okay to be okay with the person in the mirror, but if you need to change something, you got to put in action. It's not like, absolutely. Oh, well, I'm sick. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, take right. medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I'm okay with yeah. it. <laughs> right. So it's real, real, yeah. um, real, real good point. So what are the Instagram uh, handles again? I know you say it. I'll put it in the show notes. But um, what are, what's yours? You're just Casey Howe? Yep. And go ahead and spell it because sure. you have a- Yeah, it's spelled a little funny. C-A-Y-C-E-H-O-W-E. And then yours? Uh, Monisha Vasa. So M-O-N-I-S-H-A-V-A-S-A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then I think that that is about it. And I do have a request from you. I think you probably already know what it mm-hmm. is. Do you think you could take us out with a three-minute meditation? Sure. As long as you tell me what three minutes is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't see a clock anywhere. I got it. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. That meditation will actually come out tomorrow. So come back, stay tuned for that short little three-minute meditation. And thank you so much to our sponsors on it. Don't forget to get all your supplements, get some new mood, some 5-HTP, level out that mood, get some alpha brain, focus on that at-home work that you got going on, get some shroom tech on it.com slash OCY. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And remember, be kind to yourself.